The Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. We will talk about the Bucks' biggest storylines for the month of December. We'll get on board the Rodgers roller coaster yet again. Will he, won't he, do the Packers want him back? We'll talk about all the implications there. Then we will play around with the playoff simulator. Do the Packers have a chance? Did the, did the tie screw the Green Bay Packers? We'll get into that, and that will be today's show. Uh, so a pretty tight show, um, not extra topics. I was going to do some Brewer stuff. Maybe I will at the end. I don't know. If I have time, I'll, I'll put it this way. I don't want to go like 40, 45 today, but if I do have time, I will add a Brewer's topic in there. Uh, if not, we'll pump that to tomorrow. Uh, maybe we'll have a little more news on what's happening around the winter meetings. Before we get going, just a reminder, follow along on social media, Tapping the Keg on Twitter, Tapping the Keg Sports on Instagram and TikTok, as well as Facebook. So make sure you're on all those channels. I've been actually getting some action on Facebook. I might need to respond to some comments there. Uh, so if, and if you are the ones commenting, thank you for your participation. I appreciate that. Um, I do not engage usually on Facebook as much as I do on the other channels. So I will try to be better about that. All right. Oh, before we get going, I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, let's get going. But before we get going, uh, just a reminder to rate and review on the podcast. We'd appreciate that. That would be our Christmas gift to us would be for you to leave a review, even if you aren't always on board. Like if you want to give us a four and a half star or a four star or even a three star, if you're like, you know what? I really like the Bucks topics, but I'm just, I don't want to hear about the Packers. It might be Mitch Pratt's burner, but but seriously, like if, if that's how you feel, like I would take that feedback, honestly. Um, so you can leave a five star, you leave a three star. I don't want you leaving a one star, but if you really feel that way and you're just hate listening because you're like a Vikings fan or something, God bless you. A, a listen is a listen. I don't care how I get them. I just enjoy having the reviews. So please leave one. I'd appreciate that. Be a great Christmas gift. Uh, also make sure that you are subscribed. I assume if you're listening, you are. But if you're not, you found this um, on social, you found this somewhere else, uh, make sure that you are listening to this podcast or subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. All right, let's waste no more time. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and the biggest storylines for the month of December. Milwaukee Bucks got done last night. They beat the Orlando Magic 109-102. We aren't talking about Bucks Magic, but I will note that it was a nice one for the Milwaukee Bucks because they easily could have slept walked through this game, right? They easily could have went into Orlando, lost this basketball game, and been 1-2 and two in their last three. Instead, they're 2-1. and one. Yes, they did lose to the Lakers. Yes, that was frustrating, but that game was, A, it was awesome, and B, it was a complete toss-up. I mean, either team could have won that game with a couple more stops. Nobody could stop either offense that night. And they kind of, you kind of almost figure it, right? Because Mike Budenholzer and Darvin Ham, they know a lot about each other. And that was part of it. And that's okay. And so I think for a 2-1 and one December start is perfectly fine for this, this Milwaukee Bucks. And going back to the sleepwalking part of it, you know, it's Orlando's five and that where they were five and nineteen, now five and twenty in their first twenty-five games. So it'd be easy to just be like, all right, whatever, we won't take Orlando seriously. And they're a young, precocious team. They easily could beat you on any given night. And so for the Bucks to go in there, pretty much control the game from start to finish, right? They didn't have much where they weren't controlling this basketball game. And yeah, it got a little tight at the end, but I mean, I feel like this is a boomer take. This is all NBA games, right? And so the Bucks then win the game and they win by seven. And now they head back home for one game against Sacramento for heading back out to Texas. This NBA schedule is so fucking dumb. I don't understand. I understand it's a lot for TV, but I, I don't get 
why we couldn't have Bucks Mavericks on Friday and Saturday and then play the Kings and give the Bucks a couple days off at home, right? You could do the Kings on Saturday and then you could have the Golden State Warriors come to town on next Tuesday and give the Bucks a little bit of a day off. But instead, it's just one game after another and the, it's going to be get brutal here. And we've been kind of talking about it. We've been discussing it. I mean, I think it's the overarching storyline of this month is just the idea of it's a lot of road games. But I think credit to Mike Boonholzer thus far. Um, you know, he's finding time to rest his guys when needed. Um, I th- there are a lot of hard games coming up too. So when you can take those opportunities and still potentially win, that's a great sign, right? Beating Charlotte with your JV team is a huge accomplishment. I think they probably will try to do something similar in the game against Houston because I believe the next night they have to go to New Orleans. So I, I would I would imagine there would be situations where the Bucks are like, all right, we're going to give another night off to our guys and then you know, go into, no, I don't think they play Houston the next night, but it doesn't matter. Like Houston's not a team where you need everybody. Like it might not be a full rest day where all four guys are, are sitting, but maybe two of them are. And just keeping those bodies fresh, I think is going to be really important. It is the overarching storyline of December, but let's talk about other ones that I think are, are as important, if not bigger. You have Giannis's usage rate. Giannis's usage rate is sky high right now. It is the highest in the NBA. Um, it is not sustainable. Um, I, there's some really good Ryan Rosillo podcast back, I think, last playoffs that you could go listen to about how these high usage rate guys do not succeed in the playoffs. Now, part of that is correlated with how much they have the ball. Um, if you do that research, but that's available, Giannis doesn't really have the ball that much. It just kind of ends up in his hand. It's almost like that. And that's kind of how the usage rate spikes because Giannis is the primary scorer. And because he's you know the best in the game, you're going to have a lot of opportunities for Antetokounmpo. That said, with Chris Middleton coming back, with Joe Ingles soon to be back as well, and Pat Conton just coming back from injury as well, I do expect that usage rate to go down. I think it's going to be a really important exercise for the NBA media as well as the Bucks media, which I include myself in, to look at December and November usage rates and be like, all right, has this changed? Are we seeing a, a difference? And if we're not, you know, how do we work on getting that down? Because yes, it is usually not sustainable. You cannot rely on one guy to sort of pull you out of the gutter time and time again. At some point, the rubber meets the road. Now, maybe this is a new version of the NBA. Maybe Giannis is just on another planet and it won't fucking matter. But I I think when the chips are down, when Boston is, you know, dead center in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, I think you're going to need a team effort. They're going to key in on Boston. They're too good of a team not to. And you're going to need those other guys. And I do think those other guys are going to come around. I think for a guy like Middleton, which now we can go into storyline number two, I think Middleton and Pat C's return are just as important, but it's the time to heal. I'm not a huge fan of the Bucks radio broadcast. I, I Just whatever. I miss Ted Davis. I like Ted Davis. That's all I need to say on that. But I, you know, Dave pointed out, Dave Cohen pointed out that it's going to take time for Chris Middleton and Pat Connaughton to figure everything out again, right? It's not going to be something that they're just immediately going to flip the switch and be like, oh yeah, these guys are back to, to form. I know Middleton 
looked decent against LA. He had an okay night in in Orlando. Pat C has been struggling, um, you know, to get a shot in rhythm. But I, I do think if, you know, another week, week and a half, I think you'll start seeing more stuff from Chris Middleton and Pat, Pat Connaughton that are going to encourage you and leave you feeling good about where the Bucks are. And I I do think there will be a game where Middleton puts the team kind of on his back and you're like, okay, Chris Middleton's back, right? And that goes right hand in hand with the usage rate stuff. And also Mike Boonholzer is going to get comfortable with his rotations. I don't think he's there just yet. I think it's going to probably, again, take another week. So this is this little transition period where a team might get the Bucks because you know their defense isn't set or Middleton is not shooting the way he should or Pat Conton's struggling off the bench. And maybe, you know, maybe the Kings get them. Maybe the Mavericks get them, you know. And I don't think that's going to be a surprise to me. So I'm trying to have a layer of understanding with the Bucks at least for another week. I think if you start seeing similar patterns, you know, Memphis or that following week against New Orleans, like, then I start wondering a little bit more about you. And I'm starting to be like, all right, are we sure? Like, is everything here on the same page? Is everybody clicking? Or is it going to really take, you know, Joe Ingles being back and the, or a full month, honestly, not necessarily Joe Ingles, but like, is it going to take a full month? Like, is it, is it, was I a little too ambitious and it really is going to take this full month? Joe Ingles is another part of this health discussion because Joe Ingles should be back around Christmas. I think that's kind of where they are loosely targeting this. And that's exciting uh, to say the least. Um, I think if you can get Ingles back for that Boston game, even if he's just out there for five to 10 minutes and he's just shooting corner threes and talking shit, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to ride with that. Um, if it's less than that or more than that, then yeah, it's going to be, it, it's, you just embrace it, right? It's a long season. Uh, and the Bucks with angles or without angles, there probably will be a difference. And again, that's putting rotations in the question and then we'll kind of reset this process. And Maybe Mike Boonholzer is already working on it, already thinking about it. But I, I think you also need to see it on the court. You can, you know, write it out. You can talk about it with your coaching staff and be like, this is how we're going to structure our team. And then you watch the tape and you're like, ah, really, Ingles and, you know, Javon Carter just using it as out. Like, they don't really work well together. And we, we can't really have them on the court at the same time. So we have to look at maybe Ingles and Grayson Allen, maybe Ingles and Wes Matthews. And, you know, you kind of keep cycling through that process to sort of find out who are your right combinations and that's uh that will be a challenge and i do wonder will the bucks try to get angles back right before christmas so you can be ready for that boston game because that boston game is going to be ridiculously important and we're going to talk more about milwaukee boston uh with mitch later this week because i think there is an interesting theme developing um and i, I really I really think it's stark and I'll, I'll just leave it at that mitch and i later this week again for another friday pod for the two of us uh just how our schedules are breaking out in the last couple of weeks but anyways uh back to the storylines uh speaking of that boston game you know bucks have first tests against a lot of good teams you know in the month of december you start with golden state next week i realize that golden state is not necessarily the team they they were last season. They've kind of struggled through his first 25 games. They had a really bad loss to Indiana last night, you know, at home. No Tyrese Halliburton. Indiana beat them. They didn't, they again, they slept walk, right? And that's the type of stuff we talk about where 
the Bucks aren't sleepwalking to, through those games. And that was one the Warriors clearly sleptwalked through. Andrew Nibhart had a great game, uh, the kid out of Gonzaga. Uh, another late round pick that I'm going to be mad the Bucks didn't get. Like, I like Nibhart in college. Uh, his brother's really good at Creighton. Um, I, I, that, that's one that you would have, you kind of are looking at, like, oh, the. Do we miss that one? Is there, could there have been an area of opportunity there? I'd have to look back and see if that's possible. But yeah, he's, he was very good for Indiana, and Indiana continues. Every time you want to like throw dirt on it and be like, all right, Indiana's kind of fraudulent. Like They didn't have the greatest West Coast trip. They finished it off with beating the Golden State Warriors. Uh, so that you have to give Indiana a lot of credit there. But anyways, so yes, Golden State at home. That should be a rocking five-serve crowd next Tuesday night. Uh, you also have Memphis in the same week. Uh, kind of get a sniff check on them. Uh, the Grizzlies have been a little bit up and down here and there. They've battled through some injuries with Jaron Jackson, John Morant. Um, I don't know if we've seen peak Grizzlies just yet, but that's a very tough place to win a basketball game. Uh, you also have the New Orleans Pelicans, who are a half game back of first place in the Western Conference. So you you have to take that game seriously. Zion's been really good to start the season. Um, so that will be a definite you know heat check game and see what you have. Uh, I think that Pelicans team is probably a year away from being like legitimate finals contenders, but the West is so bad this year that I think you could see a team in there that doesn't belong. Like you, if you want to go with like the Shaq Zion comparison, I think Giannis is more like Shaq, but there's a world where you could talk me into it being kind of like the 95 magic where they're in the play. They're in, they end up making it through because the, the West is so bad and they end up in the finals playing you know a really good Rockets team who was coming off a, a championship and the Rockets beat the Magic obviously in four games now but that series you got to remember though that series was much closer if Nick Anderson doesn't miss those three throws I that I think that whole series changes I think that's like a NBA what if for ever and ever right and I'm sure Bill Simmons has done rewatchables on that and things like that uh, that seems very much up his alley but yeah I I could see that with the the Pelicans. I'm I'm I like that team a lot. Like I like Willie Green. I like Jose Alvarado. Who had an awesome game over the weekend. I think Brandon Ingram. While he kind of always looks sleepy, but uh, he's a really good player. And I, I just not a huge fan of sleepy athletes. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Weird quirk. Uh, but yeah, I, I still like Brandon Ingram a lot. I, I like that team. So that'll be a fun matchup. I, unfortunately, it's the same night as the Packer game, so we'll have to double screen it. Uh, when the Packers are playing the Rams and the Pelicans and the Bucks, so that's a fun, fun little Monday night uh, for the Wisconsin sports viewer. And then the other matchup to mention, obviously, is Boston. You're like, where? Why haven't you mentioned Boston? Well, I'm doing it in order, guys. Uh, Boston is a massive matchup on Christmas. All those games are going to matter. Uh, those will all be playoff games. Those all are going to be fights. Thankfully, for the Bucks' sake, they have two days off after it. Right? They play on Sunday. Uh, Christmas Day, and then it's two days. All eyes are going to be on Buck Celtics with how bad that NFL game is. And I know, again, there will be people who will watch the NFL, but I, I do think the NBA got that right. Um, those are the two best teams, and they're playing at the premier spot on Christmas, and I cannot wait for that one. It'll probably make my parents watch the entire the entire game. We'll have to we'll have to work around dinner. We'll have to figure that one out, uh, but we will, um, and I can't wait. And I'm very... Very excited for it and look forward to seeing if the Bucks can get it done on the road in Boston, fully healthy with hopefully Middleton and hopefully Joe Ingles. The last thing I wanted to mention before we go to our Rodgers topic, uh, just I'm, I'm curious on Grayson Allen and Javon Carter, right? I thought they had both pretty solid, December, pretty solid Novembers. 
Now they're going to be kind of shifting roles, right? Um, Allen, you know, might be the fifth starter or Javon Carter might be the fifth starter. Javon Carter might be coming off the bench. How does that impact their game? You know, what does that affect due to it? I'll be very curious on both of those angles. I don't think we know just yet, um, right? We have also a bad sample in there because nobody played against Charlotte. Uh, Allen also missed yesterday with a foot injury. I don't think it's anything significant. I just think the Bucs were trying to get their you know, starting five at least a little bit of rest here early on in the month of December and stealing some rest when they can against inferior opponents. So I would imagine they will be fully healthy for their matchup against the young, also precocious Sacramento Kings on Wednesday night. Moving on to the NFL, uh, we are riding the Roger Rogers roller coaster again. I, I can't believe we're doing this this early. I almost wonder if the Big Jays are like, we're going on by. We need a topic. Why don't we ask Rogers about his future? And sure enough, Rogers gives it. Rogers is like, if there's mutual interest, I'll be back. You know, and everybody's now reaffirming, like, yeah, we want Rogers back for 2023. Rogers interest interestingly enough seem to talk about it with Adam Amin and Mark Schlereth. I know Amin and Schlereth are not the uh, A crew. I think they're really the C or D crew of Fox Sports, but it seemed like based on Amin's and Schlereth's commentary that Rogers, you know, is like, well, this could be my last one. And at, in Shoulder Field, and he felt that way last year too. And I think every year you probably feel that way as an older veteran, right? You just never really know when it's going to be your last. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has any interest in retiring. I don't think this is a Brett Favre moment in 2006, which a few people forget or don't know. The Packers played the Bears on the last game of the year. It ended up being a Sunday night football game, even though the Bears and Packers were both, I believe, eliminated from the playoffs. You might have to fact check. Bears might have been in the playoffs. But regardless, Green Bay couldn't get in. Or it was very, it would have taken like a rocket up their ass to get in at 8-8. Eight and eight. Anyways, the reason it was on Sunday Night Football is because they thought this was Brett Favre's last game as a Green Bay Packer. Like, I, it seemed like all signs pointed to the, that Favre was going to retire. And then he did. And Favre was really emotional after the game. Everything else. Like, it, the writing was on what It was New Year's Eve night. I remember that. I actually hosted a party that night. It didn't go the greatest. Um, but, <laughs> but a lot of stories there. We do not need to get in that rabbit hole. Um, th- those who know... No, we'll just, we'll just put it that way. Those who know, know. Uh, those who don't, uh, that's you, you just might have to ask. But anyways, uh, yes, so Favre was going to basically step down. Favre was like, yeah, it seemed like he was going to retire. Didn't retire, um, obviously. And then 2007, Green Bay is awesome. They're 13-3. Um, they're the best team in the NFC. Um, and if Favre doesn't throw an interception to Corey Webster, they're probably facing the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. But they're not. And that is, again, yet again, another great what if. So, yes, I, I, back to Rodgers. I don't think it was like that. I, I think it was just Rodgers understanding that, yeah, maybe they go on Jordan Love. Maybe they look to somewhere else. And I don't know if any team are, is going to call Ro- about Rodgers because he has a massive contract. He has, I think it's like 50 million next year. And I don't know if any team is going to really sink their teeth into it. Next year, the year after becomes very interesting for it. And it's kind of a shitter get off the pot with Jordan Love, right? It's like you have the five year, the fifth year, which you can pick up. But then is Jordan Love going to be like, yeah, I'm cool with this. Like, if they tell Jordan Love, like, it's Rodgers last year, no matter what. Like, if you're, you're getting the ball in 2024. We're committed to you. 
we, our contract will reflect our confidence in you, you know, for the next year. Um, but we have one more year of Rodgers, and this is how we've planned it out. I have to believe that there is a succession plan. I do worry a little bit about it, though, because they did not have it for Devontae Adams. Now, you could argue Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, like they knew that Watson was this good. They believed in him. It's why they drafted him. I have to give Brian Gunacus credit for it. I still am annoyed they didn't get a first-round pick from Vegas this year. Because they had got a Vegas first-round pick. Now, granted, Vegas has picked it up. They, you know, they have as much momentum as anybody in the NFL right now. But still, that's an extra, you know, middle of the pack first-round pick you could have. You could set, essentially have like a pick at 12 or 11, and then a pick at 18 or 19, and then you're no, maybe not that, but like 16 or 17, and you're you're in good position, right? Like you're in a a solid ass spot you know, to set you up for next season to have two, you know, first 20 picks of the NFL draft. Like, I don't think it's that great of a draft. And you're starting to see guys come back, right? And I think the NIL is helping that. Uh, the big offensive tackle from Penn State, I can't pronounce his name, I'm, I apologize. And Keyshawn Booty from uh, Boutte from LSU, which I was very surprised by because he kind of seemed a little bit, I don't want to say a malcontent, but he, he didn't seem like he was all in. I kind of wanted Booty to be like a second round guy for the Packers. I felt like, you know, maybe there's still a avenue for a receiver uh, for Green Bay. It's not a first round pick for me uh, next year. And we can talk about that once the Packers are dead and buried. But I, going back to the, the succession plan, like I just want to make sure that Brian Gunacus knows what he's doing here and that we're not just flying by the seat of our pants. And it felt like they were with Devontae. I think if the Jets call and they have interest in Rod, trading for Rodgers, if the Falcons call and they have interest in trading for Rodgers, if ten, I, I don't think Tennessee would because the Tannehill contract's pretty big, but like I think if there are teams calling about Aaron Rodgers, you at least have to take him. You at least have to listen. Um, if it's a division rival, I get it. Like if the Giants call about Rodgers, right? They have a decision with Daniel Jones. If the Giants call about Rodgers, I'd, I'd have a harder time weirdly trading Rodgers to the Giants and the Falcons just because there's a lot more history there. Uh, but maybe you look at it and you're like, all right, the Giants are competing with the Eagles and the Cowboys. We really don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to get them there. Uh, next season. But I, I do think the Packers are of the mindset where if we are trading them, it's to an AFC team. And those AFC teams were kind of running out of available teams. It's Houston, which I doubt would do something that drastic, right? That would be like Houston saying like, we need to basically pull this emergency level level and get fans back in the stands. Like the attendance was awful for that Cleveland Texans game. Like it looked, I don't think they do blackouts anymore for NFL games, but that game could have been a blackout because that there was that few fans in Houston that were ready to watch that game. And I think Houston fans are just fed up, right? You know, Texans are awful. Rockets still look like a year away from being a year away. Uh, the Astros are great and you have that for baseball, but that's it, right? And, and that's all you have. And I think that could wear on a fan base. You also have a really good basketball team. Like the Houston Cougars are number one in the in the country. So you have that going for you. So I, I mean, I think that's what you care about right now is Cougar basketball and Astros baseball. And that's it. You don't care about the Texans. And the Texans have, you know, really circled the drain here. So could you see a world, they have a ton of picks. Could you see a world where the Texans are like, fuck this. We're going to go get Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to draft like the top receiver in the draft, whether that's Smith Najibba, whether that's Quinton Johnson, 
We're going to draft that. Give that Aaron Rodgers. Add Nico Collins is impressive. Damian Pierce, a young rookie, will build up this defense, and then that's how we that's how we win. That's how we just turn it around and we sell the franchise on it. It'd be an entirely panic trade. But if you're the Packers, you have to listen to that. You know, and maybe it's Jordan Love that they do that with. If I was the Texans, I would do that instead of drafting C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. Uh, I really would. Uh, I would look at it that way. But again, I don't think Jordan loves bringing the fans in the seats. Rodgers brings the fans in. And it'll be interesting. It would be really interesting to see if a team would pull that trigger and try to try at least explore conversations about it because it's a massive contract. And that would be it'd be a really hard trade to work out. And so that all that to be said is I expect Rodgers to be back too. Um, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Rodgers will be back. I think it's kind of a fake news story. I think it's drummed up by the media who needs topics to talk about during the buy. You see me talking about it. So essentially I'm buying into this. But yeah, I, I don't think it's any cause for concern. And I think those who want Aaron Rodgers gone, which I think there's a 50%, maybe, maybe less, maybe more of the fan base who does want Rodgers gone, I don't think that's going to influence the team, right? I don't think anyone's going to give up their season tickets because it's another year of Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man, another year of an MVP quarterback. And also, too, like, and this is going to sound water carrying. I know, all right? And I know that there are friends of mine who are like, you defend Rodgers to the death. Um, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of the stuff with the broken thumb is, you know, impacting his or impacted his performance, you know, midway through the season. But yeah, I mean, the future could be really bright for Green Bay next year. And I said that to you guys last week when I was like, you know, this this could really be similar to 20, 2006 where you have one bad year and then it's back right, right back up because you have a very talented wide receiver core. I could see them getting a tight end in the draft. Maybe not the first round. I don't want Michael Mayer. But I could see a tight end in the first round or in the early rounds you have a talented backfield. I think you still keep Aaron Jones. I just think you restructure that deal. Um, and you you kind of tweak the safety position. You get a little deeper at the edge position. I think if you do those things, I think you can easily be back in the Super Bowl conversation. But the Eagles aren't going away. Like, and nor are the Cowboys. Like the Eagles and Cowboys are are not gonna go away. They're young teams, they're talented teams, they aren't gonna go away. San Francisco, not gonna go away, right? Um, so you're going to have the same teams, you know, next year, or you should. Uh, Minnesota, another example of that, and I know people hate to hear that, but yeah, they're a little older defensively, so I have to get younger on that side of the ball. But still, like Minnesota is not going to go away, and yeah, it'll be a challenge. But to Packers' success, like if they finish third or second in that division, they're going to get, you know, they'll get the benefit of the doubt there, right? They will play you know, that's team who's second or third, and we'll get into the simulator here in a second. But if we pull that up, right now they're third because the Lions have a tiebreaker over the Green Bay Packers and the Lions are coming out strong. And all of a sudden you could be talking about the Lions in the playoffs. I think actually that will be a topic after they beat the Vikings next week. And yeah, every week I'm going to expect the Vikings to lose and they won't. And that's just, that's just how the cookie will crumble. But yes, the Packers right now sit third in the division they are five and eight um yeah the lions win they actually have two games up on them but if we look at a 2023 nfl schedule for the packers obviously some of it's already worked out who would they play potentially let's see so if we look at a future packers schedule the next year the packers will play the nfc south um they will head to atlanta as well as charlotte 
Um, and then they will welcome Tampa and New Orleans at home, which is actually quite a win, right? Um, probably and Tampa, who knows what they look like with Brady, but to not play New Orleans in the Dome, and New Orleans is another team that could be, could be potentially back up. Uh, the, the, one, the leagues of target is the NFC West and the NFC East. They will travel to the NFC East. They also have the AFC North on the road as an extra game on their schedule. They also welcome the Kansas City Chiefs to Lambeau at. So good, it's a good schedule uh, next year uh, for the people. Let's see, where would they right now, who would they play in both divisions? They play the Giants in New York, so a little bit of a London revenge game. Um, I feel like we always play the Giants on the road. Um, allergic to actually playing them at home. And then they also would welcome the West to Lambeau. That would be the Arizona Cardinals at this point. I think you'd take that. Um, and then AFC North would be the Browns um, in Cleveland. So, and we'll see about that, right? That It could be the Browns, it could be the Steelers. It probably won't be anybody else. I doubt the Bengals or the Ravens fall to that third spot. So either the Browns or the Steelers as your as your extra extra road game. And that, that's not necessarily easy. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a difficult schedule uh, with having to play the AFC West next year. Um, and the NFC South, I think the NFC South is not good. So, you know, getting to avoid that AFC East, which I, I, I don't necessarily see it slowing down, um, which the NFL loves. And you're going to see a ton of NFC East football on your primetime televisions next season, uh, which is annoying because uh, nothing, I don't know, prime, NFC East, I, I'm with uh, Rosillo on that, where NFC East football just is like, ugh. I don't know. It's low scoring. It's not that fun. Everybody comes themselves over it. The rivalries are, are kind of good, um, but they're not. They're not great. Um, and usually the outcomes are not as exciting as you might think they are. All right, let's move on to the playoff simulator. We're doing this every Tuesday until the Packers are eliminated. Kind of looking at playoff opportunities, how realistic they are, how how realistic they are not. And I gotta tell you guys, I feel less confident this week than I did last week. And it's partly due to the tie. Um, it was a harder struggle to get Green Bay into the playoffs for this time around. I didn't do that. Um, I I saw the Packers winning out, and it wasn't good enough. Um, so that is concerning. I think the Brock Purdy injury is part of that uh, because I noted Seattle to beat San Francisco. Um, and that's, that's kind of the genesis of this. And yes, the Packers do have the tiebreaker over Seattle, but they need Seattle to lose a few more games. And... I think Seattle is the team to focus on here. Um, if they were to lose to Carolina, I think that would be exquisite. Um, now, Carolina still has a shot. They're still breathing. But it's a tough place to play in Seattle. And I think that hopefully that can help, you can help, get helped out. We'll talk about that probably on Friday's show about or Thursday maybe since I'm doing Friday with Mitch. But you know, what, how, how could we have a good weekend as, a Packer, as Packer fans? Like what, what does that look like? Um, and yeah, maybe that is Wednesday show. Right, look at me planning shows uh, as is. But anyways, here's how I have the simulator breaking breaking down. Even if the Packers do go nine and eight and run the table, if you will, I have Philadelphia as the number one seed. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. Uh, I really like what Philly has done uh, so far this season, and I do think that they are the best team in the NFC East or NFC, not just NFC East. I think they're the best team in the NFC. I'm Minnesota-Seattle, uh, so that is actually a change. 
I had Minnesota as a three seed last last week. I have them as a two seed this week. Basically, it's the San Francisco tax, right? So they're playing Seattle, um, which a, a game that doesn't really excite me. San Francisco-Washington, that'll be a rematch. They play two weeks from now. Um, so yes, I still have San Francisco winning the NFC West. I don't have them collapsing. I think the defense is too good, right? Um, we've seen bad quarterbacks take a team you know, far um, just because of good defense. And I think the Niners defense is elite. Um, they're really talented, and I think Fred Warner should be Defensive Player of the Year. And I, I, I just like the Niners a lot. I think the Niners. I hate to say that, but it's it's hard for me to like completely throw the baby out of the bathwater when it comes to the 49ers just because of Brock Purdy. Um, four four five is Tampa Dallas. I think there'll be a ton of discussion about how Dallas should be the two seed, which will be a nause will be. Very nauseating, but that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Uh, and you've seen that, you know, catch teams before where they go to, you know, an opposition and they, they win. But yeah, it's hard for me not to see Tampa as the, the team from the AFC South. So one thing to note about the Packers and what I think is really important to watch is can the Eagles and or can Dallas keep pace with the Eagles? So if Dallas can keep pace with the Eagles, it makes things a lot more interesting. Right now, Dallas is two games behind Philadelphia, essentially three because Philly has the tiebreaker. But if Dallas were to win, I actually think Dallas would have the tiebreaker if they finish with equal records. So Philadelphia would need to lose one more game. I do think that somebody's beating the the Bears are beating somebody. The Bears have the Bills and the Eagles at home. Uh, the next two games at their our home games for Buff, for Chicago after their bye, I do think Chicago wins one of those. I, I don't know why, but I, I just see it as one where we all expect, oh, the Bills, those, you know, there's just a sleepwalk opportunity waiting there. So is it the Eagles or is it the Bills? Um, that's the question, um, and we'll have to see. But if all of a sudden it tightens and the Eagles need to win and the Cowboys need to win in Week 18. That makes things a lot harder on the Giants and Commanders because then those games aren't cakewalks. Those games are not just the Eagles and Cowboys going through the motions, and that helps the Packers. So one of the things we need as Packer fans, and we if you're embracing the in-the-hunt lifestyle, you need the Cowboys to keep pace with the Eagles. You don't need the Cowboys to lose to the Jaguars, which I think is a very sneaky game for them, or the Texans. Um, you, you need the, them to keep pace with the birds. And if they do, that could really, really help out the Packers and go a long way this season. So we'll have to see. Um, AFC, and yeah, I, I think the other part of it too is I, I think you root for the Commanders next week. Um, we'll talk more about that when we do the simulator next Tuesday. But I think you root for the Commanders next week. Uh, because then that would put the Giants at five losses and they would be also they'd lose that tiebreaker against the Giants because now the tie is there. So it's really a winner take all and whatever team wins has that tiebreaker going forward. As for the AFC, um, because, you know, you got, you got to do both. If you're going to do the simulator for the AFC, you might as well do it for the AFC too. Um, nothing, there were a little bit of change because of the Lamar injury. And now I... Being a doctor, uh, at least playing one on the simulator, I have Lamar out for two weeks. And so that's kind of how my schedule or how I reflect with sort of how I have it broken out. I have a Kansas City as the number one seed still. Um, even with their loss to Cincinnati, everything else, I, 
I like Kansas City's schedule down the stretch. Um, you play Denver twice. You you have a game against Seattle at home. Um, I, I don't see a lot of opportunities for Kansas City to trip up the rest of the way. So I have them as the number one seed. I have Buffalo at number two. Um, they're playing New England again. Uh, I don't know why I still believe in this Patriots team. I think it's fucking dumb. I actually think they're going to be the ones that sign Baker Mayfield. Uh, first reported here. I have no knowledge on that. But I just... I, I, Belichick loved him. Belichick was a huge fan of Baker Mayfield. I mean, that was all reports. Uh, my guy Murph was telling me it was McDaniels, but I, I'm going to go with Belichick, so we're going to have New England as the Baker team. Uh, Tennessee, Baltimore. Uh, old, it just reminds me of like Jamal Lewis versus uh, Eddie George, right? Um, old school kind of – and not also old school, but it's like early tw- 2000s rivalry there. Uh, and then you have Cincinnati-Miami. Cincinnati-Miami is a banger of a game. Uh, that that's one like we need prime time. Like I don't know if you know the the casual and like, I don't know if my dad would care about Cincinnati. Although he said he was in on Joe Burrow this weekend and then said he didn't like Mahomes. Uh, that was interesting for my dad. My dad's like too much. I see him too much and like I, I get it. Uh, but that that's very interesting. I'm not that way. Like I like watching Mahomes play. Um, I think every Mahomes game is a, a great fucking time. But yeah, that was a that was a hot take for my father. Um, and him being a Joe Burrow guy, not surprising. I love Joe Burrow too. Um, I would say that Joe Burrow, Josh Allen is like choosing the favorite son. They play each other. I think it's Monday night. It's two weeks from now. I think it's the day after Christmas. That's I'm so I'm fired up for that one already. Like that's that's give me that, uh, and that will be. Sure, I'll be on edge because I have Josh Allen as a fantasy quarterback, and having that on Monday night, it's like how much will Josh Allen need to make up for me to win this win this fantasy game uh, in the playoffs? And having good fantasy teams, man, at this point of the year is is awesome. It's fun. I know no one fucking cares, but it also is terrifying because it's like one bad move can cost you. Like for example, in one of our leagues, if I just win yesterday and I lost by two, if I just win, I I win the I win it. I have basically I can lose this week and it's you know it doesn't matter because of point differential. But now I'm facing one of the top guys in the league. It's basically a playing game between him and I. And if I win, um, I win. But if I lose, I I still I think we have second place money in regular season, but I can't remember. And so yeah, it's uh it's, it's tough. We couldn't close the door. And it, it was all because I started George Pickens. And I should have realized that A.J. Terrell was going to be in Pickens' kitchen. A.J. Terrell, underrated receiver, and should have seen that coming and went with – I think if I had just gone with so who, anyone, I could have picked Tyler Boyd, uh, who – Tyler Boyd is a, as frustrating a fantasy player as it gets because every week, week you start Tyler Boyd, he has like two points. Every time you put Tyler Boyd on your bench, he has like nine or ten. Uh, but, yeah, if I start Tyler Boyd, uh, I win, and now I'm, you know, I'm sitting pretty. But instead I'm not, and I guess that's how it's got to go. I did win one. I'm in the books uh, for a regular season trophy. So we have one in there. Um, if I can get uh, potentially three here, uh, that would be awesome. I, but I, one I'll take, and I'm in the playoffs for four or six. So that was way too much fantasy. God damn. Now you guys are like, you're a fucking loser. Uh, and no more. <laughs> I should have used that time to talk about the Brewers. Um, I'm sorry. We'll check in on the Brewers. Uh, Craig Council met with the media yesterday. Uh, well, he had to talk about the hater trade again. Uh, we'll see if they make any moves. We'll see if there are any more uh, winter meeting moves. I do think the Brewers, you know, yesterday with Trey Turner showed a massive disadvantage um, just where the Brewers are. And the fact that the Phillies can spend a billion on six guys and the Brewers couldn't even fathom for it. And it's not even a like, oh, wish Mark Ananasio. And if you say that, you're a fucking loser. 
um, because it's just, it's not possible with the market size we have and the TV deal we have and it sucks. And that's just reality. It's the world we live in, but you really do feel like you're playing a different sport and that's frustrating. And how do you, how do you do that? And Craig Council kind of talked about that yesterday. Thought it was really poignant, I think, just seeing Council at the winter meetings. He looked fresh. He looked like he was kind of like he had time to breathe. Maybe he got out to Mexico. Maybe, you know, he did something for a couple months that was not baseball related. He looked he just looked good. Like, and I, I was kind of encouraged by that. And, you know, maybe some of the stress of the season really wore on him because it, it seemed like he was just checked out. And that doesn't seem to be the case. I feel I feel really good about that. And we'll just sort of see what happens uh, with the Brewers. And if they make any moves today, that'd be great. That'd be really uh, beneficial for our show. All right, that does it, guys. We will be back tomorrow. Um, we will talk uh, maybe bye week storylines too. Um, like I said, some Brewer stuff. Maybe we'll go through the transfer portal. Well, we'll see if there's, you know, what quarterbacks should the should the Badgers look at? Should the Badgers even look at a quarterback for the transfer portal? Um, so we'll talk about that uh, tomorrow. Uh, don't know. Any, any, we'll see if anything else comes across the wire. You, you never know. Um, try to get some Chuck's Corner stuff so it's not so sportsy. Maybe we'll tap less. Who knows? Um, but thank you, guys. Uh, follow on social. Tap and Keg on Twitter. Tap and Keg Sports on Instagram and TikTok. And make sure... You're subscribed to the podcast, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, however you get your podcast. All right, take care. Sorry for the delay on this too. I know you guys like your morning podcast, so I apologize that I got this out a little late. All right, take care. I'm going. Bye.